We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 600 of Road of His Overtime, and we're going to be talking about some of our favorite picks in the opening nine rounds in basketball for 2023 as a kind of a celebration here, Sean. 600 shows, very, very hard to believe. I had a quick look before we started recording today. The 1st of August 2018 was episode one, so we're also closing in on the, the five-year anniversary, and that that uh, puts into perspective how long we've actually been doing this. I was kind of surprised when I it rounded up towards the five-year mark so congratulations on on 600 and uh i don't know if we can say here's the 600 more but let's let's keep it going as long as we can yeah well here's the 600 more and mostly we thank the overtime audience who have been fantastic throughout and colin we have just so many exciting developments in store we've got a couple of listener leagues that we're going to be doing in or I should say on weekends in the near future, one at the $35 level, one at the $125 level over at the FFPC. I also want to mention the new show that I am doing with Peter Overzet, where we're streaming an underdog team every Wednesday at 11 on his channel. And then Colin, those shows are part of Road of His Radio for the audio side. And that's been a lot of fun. I appreciate anyone who is subscribing over there. And today we are going to look at an article from Blair Andrews discussing the foundation players in the single digit rounds. And Colin, you and I have talked about a variety of things related to best ball and roster construction, how we want to put these teams together, how you build the perfect elite QB team. But one of the elements that we really want to focus on when we're thinking about winning the full tournament is how do we build the perfect team? How do we build all of those connections between players and teams for the fantasy playoffs? But before you get into any of that, you want to figure out which players are the backbone of your own philosophy, strategy, what have you for the 2023 season. And what I mean by that is that if we build out from a player perspective first and figure out where the strengths and weaknesses are at each position throughout the draft, then we have an important layer 
when we're putting structure on top of that. One of the things that you and I have mentioned quite a bit is that you don't want to draft purely in the QB window if the quarterbacks that you have ranked 10, 11, and 12 are available in rounds 17 and 18. That wouldn't make sense. So having this player backbone first is something I'm going to go over in really quite a bit of detail in coming articles on the site. But today we're going to be looking at Blair's piece on it. And one of the great things about Blair's work is that it dovetails so perfectly with the way that you and I approach things. I don't think it's any surprise that our best team was one that we drafted with Blair a couple of years ago. And we always look forward to drafting with him again in the future. Frequent listeners know how awesome Blair is in so many different ways, but I'm really looking forward to diving into his player targets in the first nine rounds and seeing how close they match up with ours. And uh, if there are some detours, that'll be really interesting too, to go over areas where maybe we need to take a second look at a player. Yeah, I would very much agree with that as well. Sometimes, uh, especially when somebody like Blair is, is writing up these, you want to be taking an, an extra step if there's somebody mentioned that you are not looking at at the moment. Some of the things, Sean, that you mentioned there, just to reiterate, is when you're looking through these rounds, and this is what Blair has done, is picked his favorite target from each round, which other players are kind of honorable mentions in those. Now, we won't be giving them all away. I will be linking this in today's show notes, but we will be going through a lot of the players that we would be looking at and interested in but like we also talk about drafting from back to front sean mentioned some of the players that maybe are available in later rounds the other thing that we we're actually discussing before we recorded today is when you are in those rounds maybe there is tier breaks you want to know where they are so you're able to make those decisions if the player that is your favorite target there's no good no point in having one target in every round because there's quite a good chance that someone of the other drafters will take them so lots of little things that we talk about throughout these shows that molding those together should help you in your best ball drafts as they happen so looking in sean to round one honorable mentions here from blair is almost anyone so round one that's where all the best players are it's very hard to have a pick in round one that you're not going to be happy with he does have one player though that he wants you to avoid and i mean it must be a tough column are you Team Devontae Adams as a longtime star in Green Bay. Are you like, I mean, he's no longer with the Packers. Of course, he's no longer a great first round pick. I'm a big Devontae Adams fan in terms of what he does on the football field. We've talked about some of the concerns we have on him and some of the other veterans for 2023 based on the age profile and based on quarterback situation, for example, in las vegas we really don't know how that's going to play out still expect garoppolo to be the quarterback come the start of the season but lots of things to discuss there but sean i was going to say that it is hard to pick out as many faults with the way adp is shaping up this year in round one because there is a case for the the running backs that are in there it's not a case that with adp so far there's six running backs in round one for example like we've seen in some other years it is a case that it's jefferson chase cmc tyree kill cooper cup Travis Kelsey, B. John Robinson, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Brown, Austin Eckler, Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb. So there is a huge amount of names there that you'll be very, very happy to have in your roster. And are you surprised? I know the format, obviously, over at Underdog, but it being half-point PPR, are you surprised at how heavy we are wide receiver-wise at this point off draft season based on where maybe the expectations were two, three months ago? Yes and no. I think that you see such a strong influence with the wide receivers last year that you're going to get a reaction. And 
now that people are into much more of an evidence basis for their drafts it's impossible to ignore the importance or the benefits of zero rb any longer so you're going to see drafts like this because as soon as wide receiver gets pushed up then this element that we've talked about for years which is the wide receiver is not deep within the context of needing to have three that go into your lineup every week and then the other element of it and this is the part that i think is interesting but when you look at the win the flex tool and you look at say the middle of the second round you're getting to a point there where the implied points by adp for running back should be about 30 more for the running back than they are for the receiver you think through how that works in terms of not chasing points you think through that how that works in terms of filling that flex position and you're thinking okay well we've moved into an area now where running backs are where it is it's the flip side of what we always saw where wide receivers were giving you more points especially in full ppr formats and it didn't make sense to chase running backs when you're getting more points and you're getting the structural advantages of wide receivers as well but the interesting part here is that even though you have more points that are represented by running backs in this range because of the three wide receivers versus two running backs and because of how you have to have your team built out from a full positional perspective the number of players that you need to fill the different slots in order to handle that two versus three you end up with teams where wide receivers actually do fill the flex more often than seems intuitive and once that becomes the case when you have a lot of weeks where it's a two four as opposed to a three three then you need even more receivers and depth receivers don't get it done even a bulk of depth receivers don't get it done whereas late running backs i mean you're giving up points obviously versus early on but the contingency based elements of their play where the volume switch can be flipped in such a massive way if you're on the right running back profiles in the middle and the end of drafts then you can still score in a way that is hard to simulate and address that rb2 situation address the flex right so we've seen the reaction now and it'll be interesting to see how we go forward because one of the things that could happen the last time that we were at this spot we got a very unusual season so 2015 you had this huge move in the direction of wide receivers you had this seismic shift in adp and then 2016 was one of those extremely unusual seasons where early round running backs stayed really healthy and they scored a lot of points i mean some of it is just obviously a function of staying healthy but they actually scored well on top of that and that pushed everyone back off for another like half decade so we'll see if that happens it's hard not to chase the points it's hard not to chase what happened just last season we have all of the analysis of what did happen in the previous year the people that are looking at and the tricky part is that you're going to get different results from chasing the previous year than you get from simulations that take a bigger picture but one of the reasons that people are reluctant to use the simulations is that they tend not to reflect what's happened over the last 10-year period because they get that running back element wrong it's just so hard to model and so because the simulations don't pick that up then it's going to be difficult for people to avoid chasing the previous year just every single season so in order to be successful we have to have 
this combination of chasing the parts of the previous year that probably represent real shifts in the way the NFL is going to play, and at the same time, fading the portions that we know are not consistent year to year to year. And you can see that by pulling up the fanball tool. You may or may not be playing fanball, best ball, but there are a lot of seasons in there. And so you can go through and look at the way any particular season's scoring shape manifested in win rates. You can do that with the FFPC format. we got a lot of great seasons in there for that one. And we know a lot of our listeners are playing that. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be playing that the next couple of weekends. But you can also do that as it relates to this underdog format that is different in important ways, but yet we still see the zero RB influence. It's not going to be that way every year. And yet this huge shift in ADP creates both opportunities for people who want to draft a little more running back heavy, but it also creates huge risks because in the past, if you wanted to say, I I don't believe in zero RB, I know that these early running backs are going to score points. I'm going to select the right guys. My guys are going to stay healthy and I'm going to stack that in such a way that I have three of these guys. And the third one is going to be in the flex and I'm going to have this super team in the past. The punishment or the penalty for that was not as severe And even though wide receiver wasn't deep, you did still have some outs. This season, that's just less and less the case. So I I love it because you get a landscape where people can approach it from a variety of different ways. And Colin, you and I are going to approach it from a variety of different ways. I think that just makes it so much fun. Yeah, definitely does. And uh, we did talk about this a couple of months ago, how we thought it might balance out and i still think there's a potential for the likes of you know if we look back to last year for example where the likes of saquon barkley was going he surged up draft boards we have jonathan taylor just out to the first round at the first pick of the second round in adp we have saquon barkley just a couple of picks further back so we may see them move up and that might move the likes of a Devontae adams or a cd lamb potentially down and, and we may get a more balanced round overall but cd lamb is the pick for blair and the first round he is currently 12 by adp and i think that again whets the appetite for potentially having a draft slot sean at the back of some of these drafts we've been fortunate again to have early draft slots but some of the challenges that it provides there will be challenges with the back end but you could you know start your draft with the cd lamb open it up then with a, a garrett wilson or an amon Ressam st brown or maybe the person we talk about next but it, it means that there's lots of ways you know to set your teams up this year and that makes again like you said a lot of fun for the, the different ways to go so pretty much again as you would expect in round two a lot of names in the mix here so we we have the likes of Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave, Devontae Smith, Jonathan Taylor there's the elite quarterbacks in there there's a lot of very very tempting names in that side of things Sean but the name I didn't mention there I want to see if the listeners picked up on it and it is Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there thinking cd lamb jill and waddle that is a, a pretty nice start to your fantasy draft um both players we've talked about quite a bit over the last couple of months we probably don't need to dive into the reasons why we like them but part of the challenge here may be in these drafts where adp's set at the moment how people will you know put those teams together um but 
can't really like we're, we're very happy to, to have both of those guys uh, on our roster and one of the cool parts if you do decide to reach for cd lamb because you don't like the veteran receivers who are ahead of him or you even reach into that range or maybe some of those running backs are going because you feel like you have to start wide receiver wide receiver then lamb works really well with waddle coming back in round two he works really well with Amon Ross St. Brown coming back in round two. For the Cowboys, you have the Dolphins in week 16. You have the Lions in week 17. I think that that part of it is a lot of fun because right off the bat, you've addressed some of this need to build in a week 16, week 17 element. So when you're able to build that playoff correlation in right from the beginning with your first two picks and do it with players that you wanted as foundation pieces anyway you really like that because then there's slightly less pressure to force those things later and what we're trying to do and one of the reasons why you're working through who your very top player targets are is that it gives you a sense of how you can do that without feeling like you're going to force it and that's where you make mistakes where you get further and further away from that perfect team you get further and further away from that king cap type of team when you're in the middle rounds and you're like i just don't have enough of this built in i gotta start drafting players specifically from these teams well then you're reaching and you're drafting players who don't have nearly as strong an overall thesis we want to be able to do it without sacrificing any of our player targets we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Moving into round three, Sean, just going by ADP again, sharing that. For the audience, it is T. Higgins, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, DK Metcalf, Brees Hall, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, and Travis Etienne. This is where, again, having your targets, having your priorities, and seeing then how the draft board falls. Because if you're starting with a CD Lamb from, say, the 112, you can't take your Jalen Waddle. You can get those two guys paired together. But the third name we're going to talk about here, very unlikely you're going to get him at the back end of the third round. And 
makes me feel like maybe that 109 might be the, the sweet spot because you might get some of those guys dropping down but um it can you know you have to you have to take the the rough of the smooth with who you get in your drafts and how that draft board falls but the next name to look at here is t higgins and sean again i don't think it's any surprises to, to how much we love t higgins we've kind of been on both him and chase and joe burrow all since they've been drafted and i think that case will continue this season the third round though does get into a little bit of a, a tricky scenario in terms of how you would want to play it overall there's some options here for if you're going to try and you know stack some of the, those teams potentially depending on how it falls with maybe a jill hurt slipping back through or you know Devontae smith might slide into the third round but higgins for me is the the clear best player in that third round there is some other appetizing options but i, I do think there's a, a clear tear break from that first break pick of the second round beyond that right so as you mentioned you're not going to get t higgins in most areas of the third round he's going to be a turn pick there but there are so many fun things you can do with chase and higgins together especially since if you have either of them then you have a shot at joe burrow coming back to you in round four if you have both of them it increases that a little bit now the travis kelsey manager is going to have some incentive to put burrow there so that's probably the pick that you have to get across in order to put that whole stack together when you pull up the stack explorer in the advanced rate tool one of the things that you see is that with a top six adp last year jamar chase only had 148 points added so the points added there would be the average number of points that chase actually contributed the starting lineups not the number of points that he scored obviously your points don't go into the lineup every single week if they were not in the range where in that particular league they'd be in your lineup so it's looking at all the different teams and the way that they contributed a certain score in week 13 for example might go into one person's lineup not the other but the average points added 148 part of that of course is because jamar chase missed time last season t higgins also had some games where he went out very early he had 137 points added with a 26 adp both of those guys were underwhelming from an advance rate perspective for chase he was below 13 percent for t higgins more or less average and then burrow was up above 20 so he was pretty solid there what you have with them with the three-player stack is a situation which because of the injuries to the top two guys you come through and you have that stack being again very average in terms of what it did now this season the players are more expensive and so you're thinking well now they've got to do even more well they do have to do more and yet when you look at how they're priced compared to that sort of three sets of first second round wide receiver or tight end paired with the elite qb and what those players have to do the Bengals are a team that is always going to be trendy enough that you're not going to get great prices but we may look back at these prices a year from now and think well that was the team drafters really should have been in on yeah and we were very much on the, the Bengals last year i think again like i said with the players that come in a lot of talent and those particular players that we've we've mentioned for cincinnati so it's going to be hard to pair them together but the question i guess there that i'll take up in case some of the people listen how do you feel about your opening three rounds having you know stacking those players together from the one offense or is it just a case that we're going for the players that we like the 
the most with their talent in those opening rounds and if it falls together that you have an opportunity to stack all three to, to go and do it i think when you look at those players together and you look at the strengths and weaknesses of paying that much for three players from the same team in your first four rounds there's going to be a lot of pressure to execute the rest of the way and yet when you pull up the stack explorer the thing that you do see is that qb1 wide receiver one wide receiver two is a play that has delivered outsized results so you can do it with tournament winning types of players then that part of it i think is exciting and it's especially exciting when you think about how the playoffs are going to work because that first round is against the minnesota vikings that looks like a shootout week 16 is at pittsburgh pittsburgh is one of our favorite teams to play and so when you're drafting a Bengals heavy team you're going to be coming back with Steelers as you build out through and then week 17 is the Kansas City Chiefs so again strong likelihood of a shootout there although if either team gets ahead they could try and limit the number of snaps that their team takes so there are reasons to be not necessarily skeptical but to try and maintain awareness of how much you're putting in there and to not get so out in front that you end up with an extreme exposure to these players and yet because the nfl schedule fell so perfectly and because you can get joe burrow at a couple round discount to the other elite qbs now it's a discount that is reflected in how he scored last year but again we're not drafting 2022 players we're drafting 2023 players i think you've got to be really enthusiastic about what could happen because you know, when you're telling stories to your kids 15 years from now, grandkids, whatever situation listeners are in, right, you're thinking back to, okay, this was the season where a young Jamar Chase, a young T. Higgins, and a young Joe Burrow took that next step and put up a historic kind of season. And even within very long careers, for guys like an Aaron Rodgers and a Peyton Manning and a Drew Brees, there are two or three individual years in there where the results were just so extraordinary. Now, you don't want to chase those results sort of looking forward every single year with the Bengals, but we're in a season right now where the pricing gives you that opportunity to build through that and have at least a shot at being in the position that you got that year. And I mean, if it happens, it's more likely to happen when those wide receivers are young and together than, you know, down the line when this team has been broken up, at least to an extent. Maybe they're able to keep all three guys for a decade, but we want to be in on it when they're definitely together. Yeah. And the other part of that final story is you want to be telling your kids, your grandkids, that it was because of those three that you won basketball mini for. I think that's the finale to that story but the, the final chapter and we already know some people who we have great affinity for who have won major tournaments because of jamar chase joe burrow and tyler boyd so uh, that feels like sean that's the tournament that we didn't win that we came in second place no we, we didn't win we didn't win we drafted we with Blair. Win. that is connor o'driscoll's winning team and that was quite the shootout for the Bengals and the, the chiefs in that that final week so when we move in then, Sean, to round four, it will be the final round we talk about today. We don't want to give away everything the players discussed. It is a fantastic piece up on the road of his 
com. You can head on over and check it out. It will be linked in today's show notes. But Sean, round four feels to me. I mentioned there's a tear break for me after T. Higgins in round three. There's quite a few running backs going in that. I guess when I say the tear break, I would still, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall are still at the, the top of those lists. But we move in then to round four. There's a lot of players in round four that we've discussed in recent weeks where they're either undervalued veterans that we feel like or they're potential ascending talent. So we have Najee Harris at running back 13, then Jamar Gibbs, Christian Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, who is currently, as you're listening to this, a free agent. Then we get uh, Justin Fields, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Joe Burrow, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Drake London, and TJ Hawkinson. So there's some guys in there, Sean, that are our favorites for quite some time, the likes of a, a TJ Hawkinson. Um, there is also Jerry Judy, who you've talked very highly of, DeAndre Hopkins, who's in a very interesting situation. Then we have Keenan Allen, who seems undervalued, Christian Watson, Jamar Gibbs, who we're excited about. There's a lot. Th- this is this is quite a, a fun round here for for round four. I think the way things are are setting up, there's a, a lot of names that'll be interested. And it, it's strange sometimes when there's you know round four has names in it that you're potentially more interested in than than some of those names in, in round three. So, Colin, as we look at these first four rounds, we have a likely wide receiver, wide receiver start, but the possibility of placing a running back in there if we don't have the exact wide receiver that we want round three is a running back round Blair's best pick in that round was Brees Hall he goes in the middle of round three I have him ranked in the middle of round two when you think about players up at that price level that is a substantial discount round three is not great for receivers but round four is loaded and the players that we're looking at there Jerry Judy Keenan Allen Blair mentions Drake London as an honorable mention. He's interesting because you have the addition of Bijan Robinson. You have the competition for targets with a Kyle Pitts. You have the questions there at quarterback with Desmond Ritter. You have the questions about the overall pass volume. And then you have a playoff schedule that is not particularly favorable. So I might be looking at judy and allen there as a couple of the honorable mentions but it is interesting and again this is one where you're probably not going to be able to get him with most of your fourth round draft slots but blair is going back to jameer gibbs and gibbs the player that he has written separate article about talking about how this is the player who is the most undervalued among all players in drafts yeah so i think it's going to be intriguing and i did misspeak i said t higgins was the the pick in round three but sean t higgins is always my pick i think is it's just uh, the way i had to say it but interesting round i I feel like ideal draft scenarios in some of these situations would be with that fourth round if you were able to somehow pick early maybe pick four and and you end up getting three of those guys through through those uh you know round three round four round five you are gonna have to pick somebody a little bit earlier than the round four ADP, but it's a, it's a very interesting round overall. We will leave it there with Blair's article, but again, I would highly recommend going and checking it out over on the website. But Sean, as we finish up, anything that you want to wrap up with? I just want to add a note. If anyone has listened to this over on the, the Road of His YouTube channel, I'm sure they're having a lot of, of joy looking at my frozen expressions as my uh, computer seems to be having some technical difficulties today. So uh, anything to, to wrap things up, Sean? Well, you had mentioned the receivers there and the ideal way to play it. I think that something that you can do here, if you've selected a running back in one of the first two rounds, and as a result, you're wanting to get back to receiver in round three, 
We have both Judy and Allen with fourth-round ADPs. I have them both ranked in round three. So from a rankings perspective, I don't think that you're reaching at all. I think that they're going to get more expensive too. So when you're talking about drafting in August, I think that you will see those guys in round three, or at the very least, you're going to see them at the three, four turn, as opposed to middle and late round four, because they have that week 17 matchup, especially. And again, starting from the player targets perspective, I think that you can actually reach and draft one of these guys in round three. A lot of the best drafters, that you are competing against are going to be somewhat reluctant to make those reaches because they're trying to build up a lot of ADP value in their overall portfolio. So you may be somewhat unique in having the Judy Allen build. You're going to be targeting the best players. You're going to have that week 17 correlation. Again, we're trying to figure out the ways that we can get a maximum number of the best players. If you've got two guys going around four, you can alternate them, but you can also get both of them. That's a way to go with it that allows us to accomplish all of our objectives. So as you're moving through round three, be sure to look ahead to what you want to accomplish in round four. Think about what you did in the first two rounds structurally. Consider who you have as player targets in the next round. One of the things that you mentioned quite frequently, Colm, is that we want to be really always drafting from both directions. So you have those future picks in mind as you're on the clock. And again, make sure you check out the rest of Blair's article. I mean, he's going to get you set with the best evidence. He's going to get you ready to really take down the first half of your draft. And I should say that by the time this show releases, we're recording Wednesday for the Friday release. Part two of that article will be out. You'll be able to get his double digit fantasy picks as well. Awesome. Nice uh, reveal there, Sean, knowing the behind the scenes working of when the next piece will come out. I look forward to reading that one as well. If you are signing up at rotaviz.com, you can use the promo code RBRadio2023 at checkout. That will get you a 10% discount of a Rotoviz NFL pass. You can do that over at rotaviz.com. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtomorrow. My co host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out his work up at rotaviz.com. And until we are back for episode 601, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>